Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the content creators and should not be assumed to reflect product endorsements or the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, welcome. Another Tuesday is upon us, and um, we are going to be having some interesting discussions here this evening. Our cast of characters, of course, includes my co-host, Paul Edwards. Hello, Paul. Hello, Mr. Brian. There he goes. And, you know, he might not sound like he's underwater. In fact, he never was underwater, but he is from Jacksonville, Florida. So he's had his joys of this incredible hurricane that passed through that state. And with us, of course, is Larry Gassman. Hello, Larry. Hi there. How are you? (laughs) (laughs) He is underwater. Uh He is underwater. There you go, huh? But... uh, Larry is not from Florida. You're from? I'm from California, the land of wildfires and earthquakes. That's right. Hopefully so, not for a long were, time. Yeah. Yeah. So these two gentlemen really cover cover the gambit. I'm up here in Boston, Massachusetts. So we do get our occasional blizzard. But that's really the only thing that much happens up here. And uh, nor'easters, too. Kind of well, yeah. But a nor'easter is like a junior hurricane that's not exactly anyway and we have a new person stepping in tonight herbie hello herbie he takes himself off mute. hello hello there he is and herbie yep. is our uh, person who's going to be calling upon you to raise your hand and keeping us aware of who needs uh, their microphone opened so that they can kibitz with the rest of us tonight's yes, topic yeah tonight's topic is going to be blind humor uh the reason i came up with this topic the other night was it this phrase was going through my head that when i give public addresses and uh, trying to lighten up the crowd a little bit i say, you know blind and visually impaired people uh have a disability and that disability is their vision um but for having uh, a significant diminishment of that sense, what we need to compensate is a sense of humor. And, you know, people can identify with that. I did a program over at a local college on how blind people cook and uh, got back all the reports from the session. And they were as impressed about how jovial and humorous i could be in spite of my disability so that is kind of what was the starting point of tonight's topic now there's a lot to be said for blind humor and we're talking both about um, blind people keeping a sense of humor about life the universe and everything but also the jokes that have been told around the subject of blindness over the years. Mr. Edwards. Mr. Charles. Sure. Uh, Somebody actually called me today, having seen our announcement and told me a blind joke. So I'll start off with that one. So, uh, Mr. Brian, a blind guy walked into a bar. Blind guy walked into a table. I'm done. <laughs> I, I think I would have touched it slightly differently. Uh, blind guy walks into a bar and a table. 
and a chair. Yes. And the wall. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Same idea, right? Um, yep. I have another blind bar joke. Uh-huh. The hind guy walks into a bar, sits down, orders a beer, beer's presented to him, and he says to the crowd generally, anybody want to hear a blonde joke? And the bartender said, well, before we go on with that, you should know that I'm blonde and have tattoos all over my body and am a bodybuilder. The guy to your left is blonde and he's a former player in the NFL. The guy to your right is a, well, let me just put it this way. He lifts twice his weight. Then there's the two over there in the corner. Uh, one waits tables here, and the other one uh, is also, shall we say, well built. Now, knowing that, do you still want to tell your blonde joke? Blind guy replies, no, I don't want to have to explain it that many times. Okay. <laughs> I think that's a funny joke, my friend. I think it is, and 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 it's not a blind joke either. So, well, blind man, but yeah, the blonde joke. <laughs> yeah, so you know there are the classic ones that we hear, like um, oh. Helen, and a, a number of them have as the protagonist. That's right. What I'm looking for, Paul, protagonist yeah. of the joke, yep. Yep. Uh, as being. Famous blind people like Helen Keller or Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder, yeah, or Ray Charles, you know that that kind of thing. Um, so you know, the you know, how did Helen Keller's parents punish her? They rearranged the furniture. Uh huh. Yeah, you know. Can you come up with another one that's kind of a classic? There's another Helen Keller one. I'm trying to remember exactly how it goes now. Um, another how did Helen Keller's uh, no I don't know can't remember um, another one is did you hear about the blind man who picked up a hammer and saw <laughs> oh of course there's there there's the one there's the one that I absolutely don't like. There's this blind guy who walks into a store with his guide dog and he grabs the guide dog by the tail and swings it around his head a few times. And somebody says to him, what are you doing? He says, just looking around. Yeah. And there's another guide dog one. Uh, why do blind people not? Why don't blind people skydive? Answer scares their guide dogs. Now, they are so beautiful. But then they again, <laughs> you know, whenever it's a poke fun at a but, class of people, whether it's race or age or color of their hair, you know, all of these things have become kind of classic pieces in Brian. the whole. Yes. Yep. I, I well, I do, and I didn't tell the joke, but it, uh, you know, because of my radio background in terms of old time radio, we often invited people to come to speak to us at meetings, and we invited Stan Freeberg 
probably in the mid to late 80s, and there was a crowd of probably a couple hundred people there. It was full. And he's doing a little bit of improvisational stuff before the meeting actually starts. In fact, it may, it may have started. And he said, to he didn't tell me he was going to do this. He just said, he said, do you know how a blind skydiver knows when he's getting close to the earth? And nobody said anything. First of all, they were wondering, why is he telling this joke? But he does tell the joke, and he says, the leash on his guide dog goes slack. <laughs> and, and you hear this, oh, from the whole audience, and he realizes, oops, I may have gotten in over my head, turns and looks at me and says, well, Larry told me that joke. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a true story, too, okay. dealing with humor. Okay. Um, Mike Byington and I, Paul, I don't remember whether you were at the table or not. We were I at was. an ACB board meeting I was. in Chicago. And one of the things you find out when you go to do ACB things, you don't eat at regular time. It just doesn't work that way when you're in leadership. You stick a meal in wherever you can find it. And we were at the restaurant just almost at closing time place was pretty much empty but there were a couple of tables that had a couple of people at them and the our waiter told us that at one of the tables was henny youngman and his manager who was playing uh in the auditorium there in the hotel and i said oh that's that's amazing you suppose we could get him to come over here and tell us a blind joke so the waiter does ask him and he does come over, but he says, I really feel uncomfortable telling you a blind joke. And I said, come on. You know, if, if blind people can't laugh at themselves, who can? And so he's fine. He says, fine, I'll tell you a blind joke. Uh, maybe maybe, let me make sure I say it right, or I, I blow a Henny Youngman joke. Um, man walks into the bathroom, says, son, Keep doing that. You're going to go blind. Son says, Dad, I'm over here. Do you remember it, Paul? I, I do remember it. <laughs> I, pro I probably would have made it a little longer. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but Henny didn't tell long jokes. He told short, punchy ones. Yeah, he did. He was quick. Yeah. He was a quick on the draw yep. kind of guy. But again, <laughs> blind humor, right? Sighted guy, uncomfortable telling a blind joke to, to blind people. Um, but I would think that in any group, whether they're blondes or blind, whether they're uh, uh, an ethnic minority or whatever, that you know you get away with telling jokes about yourself and the group you're in. Uh, but there's always the question of, when we allow those jokes to kind of become part of our culture, that we're perpetuating stereotypes and not positive ones either. Well, and and then there's the other question. Is it okay for blind people to tell blind jokes, but it's not okay for sighted people to tell blind jokes? Or the other way around? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And what do you think? Uh, well. How do you I feel mean, about blind jokes, Mr. Edwards? Don't like them, and in general, I don't like them. I, I I think 
I think there are some blind jokes that are very funny. One of my favorite jokes of all time is a blind joke. And I like it a lot. It's a but but it's it's not so much I think a blind joke. I mean it doesn't it doesn't demean blind people. Well, I guess it does. But but it but it, it but but that's not what makes it funny. So so I'll tell you that this joke it's actually stolen from um from Benny Hill, a British comedian. This husband and wife are hanging around in the evening and the wife turns to the husband and says, so what would you do? What would you do if he was to come home and find somebody passionately making love to me? I mean, really, just just over the moon making love with me. Guy says, I'd give him his white cane and send him home. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and oh, I can think of a half a dozen other ones that are uh, similar to that. Um, I was at a Ronnie Millsap concert one time, and Ronnie is quite the showman. Uh, you know, when he was performing on stage, he wasn't just sitting at the piano or or that kind of thing. He was dancing with the uh, backup singers, and he was, I mean, he jumped on the top of his piano and danced, and he had a piano keyboard uh, with a strap around his neck that he could play while moving around. So he was nice. a very, very independent kind of guy, right? And there's mm-hmm. this one song he's doing, and he's playing it, and as he's playing it, sitting at his piano, he's leaning farther and farther back and looking more and more straight up into the sky. And he's telling this story. He says, you know, I've got this good friend. And he, he plays piano. He's a performer. And he does this. He leans back. And the longer and longer he plays, the more he leans back and looks up. And so I asked him, I said, so, Ray, what do you see up there? <laughs> of course, his friend was Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. And it's... And some of the blindisms, if you will, of known, uh, you know, blind performers, Stevie Wonder, for example. Um, uh, what's his name now? Um, who did Felice Navidad? Uh, Jose, Jose Feliciano. Feliciano. Jose Feliciano. Uh, a, a number of them have pronounced... I'll call them blindisms, for the lack of a better term. Those in the blindness community are familiar with the term, I would think, in general. Behaviors that, uh, things like not looking in the direction of the person you're talking to, uh, rocking is a a classic such thing. So you take a look at some of these performers, and they display some of those isms, if you will. And those find their way into jokes in the same way yeah. that you know trump gets joked about because of the color of his hair um you know for that matter i have a poster here i, of, did, uh, I didn't know trump had any <laughs> well it may not be real we don't know yet uh, but these kinds of of things they can be a political comment they can be a racial comment they can be a sexist comment they can be a any number of things and still are 
in the realm of humor. Because some humor, the very nature of the humor, is sarcastic. Um, it's not meaning to demean uh, an entire group or, or subgroup of, of people, but it plays into something that happened in so, time. Like on Saturday Night Live, some of the stuff there is so politically incorrect. So it, it serves it's, its purpose. I mean, there there have been a lot of blind comedians who we've heard who have certainly um, made fun of the sighted community and their attitude towards blind people. Um, is that okay? Yeah. And again, there lies the question also. And some of those blind people also use their blindness as an aspect of their stand-up comic act. Oh, sure they do. Right. And so they're poking fun at themselves and also poking fun, not just as themselves as individuals, but th themselves as a member of that community, if you will. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, humor and political correctness run into one another pretty, pretty clearly. Um, but I do think humor is an opportunity to poke fun at the very thing that it's mimicking. Well, um, I, and I guess the other question is, is it an opportunity to open communication doors and to create goodwill? If, if you persuade folks that you as a blind person are comfortable with the kinds of stupid jokes that people tell about blind people, um, are, are, you, are you creating goodwill or are you actually doing just the opposite and encouraging implausible and atrocious attitudes on the part of sighted people? Certainly. That, that's the fine line, isn't it? Uh, I was giving a presentation at um, a technology conference uh, that was out in Las Vegas. <clears throat> and uh, female friends of mine, while there, decided to go see the Chippendales, right? Male stripper show. Okay. Fine, no problem. Uh, but when it came time for me to give my presentation, I needed to bring things with me from my hotel room to the presentation room. So I found this bag and I put all my stuff in it and I brought it to my presentation. I'm there in a jacket and tie, you know, all important and everything. And I find out that the bag was a Chippendale bag. Oh, no. Yes. So now... This is another part of humor, right? It's when something goes strangely wrong like that. Do you pretend you didn't know, or you do you turn it into a, a joke, right? Just, you know, I thought I brought in here a, a, a bag from, um, what's it called? Walmart. Victoria's Secrets. Yeah. But no, no, I come in with a Chippendale bag. <laughs> Thank you, family. You know, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. uh, for that matter, 
I don't think anybody who's been around for very long as a blind person, they haven't found that they've gone out in public with two different color socks. It just happens. It certainly happened to me. So (laughs) when I realize that's the case, rather than trying to hide it, Mm -hmm. I say, hey, by the way, look at my socks. I pulled my pants up a little bit so people can see my socks. I said, you know, I have a pair just like these at home. Yeah. (laughs) So when those kinds of things happen, you can make a joke about them. So that's a kind of blind humor, I think. Uh, I remember taking a major fall down a set of stairs. Uh, but during the whole time, I was either on my feet or on my hands. And when I got to the bottom, I struck a pose like this was an acrobatic effort I had just successfully done. Mm-hmm. Rather than being embarrassed by it, you know, ta-da! At the end of my yep. lovely fall. Well, and 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 we uh, blind people do that a lot. I mean, I, you know, you're you're walking down the street with somebody and you run into a branch, and and people say, "Oh gosh, are you hurt?" "Oh no, I'm fine. Thank you, just fine. <laughs> Got perfect. <Yes. laughs> Couldn't be better." <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to part my hair the other way. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so you use humor to cover uncomfortable moments Mm -hmm. and it's the most effective humor if you kind of do the humor in a self-deprecating kind of way i.e i don't take myself so serious that everything that goes wrong as a result of my vision is a source of embarrassment instead it's just you know our good friend judy dixon uh says one of the attributes about being a blind person is blind people bleed. You know, we bounce off things that we didn't know were there. People yep. leave cupboard doors open and we smack our face on them, leave mm-hmm. a door half open and we come face to face with it. Blind people bleed. Yeah. It's not a cause for embarrassment. It is just an aspect of life. But makes us to cover your nervousness. Yeah, we did it on purpose just to make ourselves more attractive vampires. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of thing, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Hey, is it opportunity now for us to bring our our engineering buddy in here to see if he has an opinion on all of this? I think so. Mr. Herbie, do you have a blind joke? And then we'll perhaps see if there are any folks who'd like to raise their hands and join in this little exercise. Oh, let's see if I have any blind jokes later on because we actually do have a raised hand or two if you're ready for them. We are. Absolutely. All right. Well, no kidding aside, we do have a computer keyboard that wants to... Uh, not cooperate with me. There we go. All right, Gene Barkley, you may talk. Or you may not. You can hear me now? We can. <laughs> we can. Hi there. Welcome aboard. Yay. Um, I was so fascinated by this topic because I am a blind stand-up comic. Hey. Welcome. Yes. Nice. Welcome, welcome, yes. welcome. And, and I do some blind jokes, and if you like, I could tell you a couple. 
Please um, do. I, I agree that when there is any joke where somebody is the brunt of the joke and it's not in good taste or um, that that it's that's inappropriate. <laughs> but let me tell you some of the jokes that I do. I, I, I get up on the stage. I have my dog, my guide dog with me. And um, and I say this. I say, listen up, everybody. This is a real service animal. Her name is Phyllis. Please don't pet her, don't talk to her, and don't feed her, just like your mother-in-law. There you go. Here, here are some things not to ask a blind person. How long have you been blind? Really? What are you writing a book or something? I have a question for you. How long have you been nosy? Here's another mm -hmm. one. What's it like to be blind? Oh, God, this is a tough one. Um, oh, I know. I know. Close your eyes. <laughs> Somebody had to tell you that? And, and one of my favorites is, is it true that blind people's other senses are more acute than sighted people's? Let me just repeat that. Is it true that blind people's other senses are more acute than sighted people's? How would I know that? So that's just a few of the things uh -huh. I use in my stand-up routine. Excellent. Do, now, when I see stand-up comics, there's frequently hecklers in the audience. Have you ever been heckled as a blind comic? Um, no, no, I have not. Uh, uh, I, I did follow somebody one time who was horrible. I mean, <laughs> he was just not funny. And, um, and, and that was, that was really the most challenging thing that I have had to do. I, I, I mean, I do this for fun. It's not what I, it's not what I do for a living i'm retired actually but mm -hmm. um so i do it for fun so it's not like i've been on multiple stages all over the country and anything like that but there's a place right here in town in bradenton florida mm -hmm. it's called the um the comedy cruise and i do that regularly um and i do 10 to 15 minutes on that and then uh, open mics, different places. And um, actually, I have played the whole Eastern Seaboard because <laughs> I do open mics up and down the East Coast as I travel nice. with my family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as a, uh, why is it that that you choose not to tell kind of uh, or jokes that that might be politically incorrect? Because I mean, I would have thought that that they'd actually perhaps be be funnier or at least potentially funnier well it's not i mean can i say well one of the other ones that i say is have you ever heard the expression crap or go blind but it's the s word i use which you probably can't use here, I assume. <laughs> yeah. yeah um well i've been constipated since 1957 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, uh -huh. I get it, I get it. You don't believe that, so I'm going to come clean. You know, uh, uh, it's what you learned in fifth grade when you went to that health film, that health class film. It was um, masturbation. That was it. 
Exactly. So it's true what they say, but you people all thought it only had to do with boys, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then there, there's another routine I do about uh, going into a public bathroom mm-hmm. with my dog and, you know, finding everything in there. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and so, um, I mean, if you're not blind, some people may consider it politically incorrect, but mm-hmm. I'm really kind of making fun. Well, I am making fun of the sighted people asking me really stupid questions. Sure. Some of this stuff, you know, but, but that's not all I talk about either. I mean, I, you know, I like to exercise and I wanted to, I wanted to build up my upper body strength. And so I started doing push-ups, and I just couldn't get my chest all the way down to the floor. And my husband <laughs> said, well, why don't you just take off your bra? Now I don't even have to get down on the floor, you know, so. <laughs> So I, I do all kinds of things, but my, I mean, I, I love doing it. I, I, mm-hmm. I love doing stand-up comedy. And one of the things that I really want to do is have people see that blind people are just like everybody else. We just don't see. <laughs> right. Now, have you, have you found um, some of the people who are, um, it, 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 not necessarily employing, but inviting people to be, to be comics are uncomfortable with your your working in comedy clubs and that sort of thing. Not so far. Uh uh-uh. uh Excellent. Not so far. But I, I when I when I got my first guide dog, um, we were in a mall because it was raining out, so we were we were training in a mall. And while I was waiting for my turn to walk around the mall with the trainer, I was sitting with my dog. Um, you know, just sitting there very nice. Of course, the dog is in training. So, you know, they're perfect little dogs when they're doing that. And, uh, and, and this couple came by, I could see it uh, a little bit then, you know, well enough to know that it was a couple Mm -hmm. that came by and they said, Oh, how beautiful. And so I kind of patted my hair, you know, and I said, Oh, thank you so much. And they walked away like they had, it was, they didn't know how to respond to that. It's like, I guess they didn't know blind people could also have a sense of humor. And of course they were talking about the, the dog. Time. I mean, I know they were talking about the dog, but. So, I, so, the, so the, the question is, do, do you think that they were insulted by what you did? I think they were off put by what I did that I yeah. actually responded to them in a way that maybe a sighted person would respond to them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I have found that uh, to be the case uh, quite often in my lifetime. I, I didn't start to lose my sight till I was about 11 years old. Um, and, uh, and of course I didn't notice much then cause you know, it's all about me. Till I was about mm-hmm. thirty, probably. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't until later on in life that you know, probably after my forties, that I started noticing things like that. Uh, so it's. Well, yeah, I've it's, got a couple of quickie questions. One is: Have you I ever love performed before a blind? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever performed before a blind audience? There have been some people in the blind audience, in the audience. Oh, you know what? I did. I did, but it was a small group. It was my, uh, the, the uh, MCCB group, Manatee County Council of the Blind Group. And there was only about 10 or 11 of us in the group. Nice. And, uh, and 10, 10 of us were blind. And, um, 
and and I still got a good reaction. Yeah, they I mean they still appreciated it. And and when I was on the uh, the the comedy cruise, I you know I say well I have my cruise on Friday night. You know it's an hour and a half, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but it's it's still a cruise. Um, uh-huh. And and I had uh, about four of my friends who are blind that that uh, that went on the cruise. So that was kind of, that was really really good to have that kind of pep. Everybody was kind of peppered in with the sighted audience, uh-huh. and and still got just uh, just as many guffaws and uh, to my to my blind stuff. They, they, it didn't seem to make them feel uncomfortable at all. And that is what I want to do. You know, is is just make it so that people are. Even my one of my brothers, who owned a restaurant um, in Montauk, Long Island, and uh, and he had a, a, a woman that came in pretty regularly, and she had a guide dog, and so when she would leave, she'd say bye, David, and he'd say he'd say okay, um, next time, and I'd say David, why don't you say? She said, I'll see you around, and he'll say ah uh, yeah. I said David, why don't you say I'll see you around. <laughs> And he says, I don't know. It just does. I said, David, your father is blind and your sister is blind and you can't say I'll see you around to a blind person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was really surprised. Yeah. You know, some of the things that we experience as blind people are a fun story to tell. And a lot of comedy is storytelling, right? Yes, Um, sure. You know, when, uh, oh, God, what would be a good example? When I went to uh, an event uh, that was a two-leg event, I had to fly to one city, then fly to a second city, and then fly home. But I was meeting my wife at the second city. So we were not on the same flight. We came in on different flights. And I uh, rode in on the hotel shuttle with my uh, fellow passengers who happened to be uh, flight attendants from the airline I was flying in on. And Mm -hmm. so I arrived in the lobby in the presence or in the company of three lovely ladies. And I had to explain to my wife in the lobby, um, (laughs) you'll be able to find, just tell the guy you're looking for the guy with the four lovely ladies. (laughs) <laughs> and it'll be just fine. You know, just things happen in the real world like that, right? Yes. Uh, and they are, they can be quite amusing stories. Uh, I, I've always found that they were funnier if it was me and my guide dog, uh, as opposed to just me alone. But sometimes it's you with uh, a sighted friend who might be sight guiding you at a given moment or whatever. And it's a direct result of that fact that uh, I, as a male, am holding onto the arm of another male while walking down a, a walkway at an amusement park. And uh, there's some guys sitting on a bench, two or three guys, little tough looking guys, right? And as I, as we pass by, he asks the male who was guiding me, so, uh, which one of you is the wife? Right? <laughs> Intending to make a sexist, uh, what would you call it? A, a gender joke? 
in the process. And yeah. my my brother could feel, feel me tensing. And uh, we walked on by and I said, I want to go back and talk to them. And he says, Brian, Brian, they have tattoos all over them. They're wearing jackets that say Hell's Angels. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. So I got him to go back over there and I says, I'd like you to know that I am blind and this is my brother and he's guiding me. And I'd like to know what you would like to say to him now. And it's funny that many times blind people get more respect, if you will, from from people who you would consider rough around the edges. Uh, I actually feel more comfortable in some cases in that environment than when I'm walking around in places where guys are in suits and ties. Yep. And, and I suspect our lady from Bradenton is like that too. You know, I, I, I suspect she's pretty comfortable within herself and so is, is, exactly. is very comfortable explaining misunderstandings when they happen. Yeah. Well, when I, when I lived on Long Island and I was, uh, this is before I had a guide dog, I, I was still able to see almost well enough to get around. I mean, I, it was well enough to get around, but I couldn't see what the number of the bus was or if the sign, you know, what the sign mm-hmm. says as far as the destination. Mm-hmm. So I get on the bus and I said, I said, this is the bus to Patchogue. He says, he says, that's what the sign says. Are you blind? And I said, uh, well, actually I am. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, you know, it's people, and I, I understand, I mean, I can't even count the number of times I can remember that I have said things that were just totally stupid like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think sarcasm is, you know, well, what are you blind? Uh, sarcasm is a big thing, especially on Long Island and in, in you know, New York city. I mean, sure. I'm from there. So I, I do know what I'm talking about, um, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, yeah. it's, it's, um, I, I I just liked that. I, 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 he must have been taken aback just a tiny bit when I said that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, actually, I am. So um, last week we were talking about the white cane law. Uh-huh. One of my favorite stories told to me by um, a person who ended up being my. I I knew her as a child when I was a child, and she was an adult. And she was my mother's best friend, and she was totally blind. This was before I became blind in a household chemical accident. So I grew up believing that blind people were like the one blind person I know. And she was very, very funny uh, in a, uh, shall we say, uh, uh, a crude kind of way. But anyway, (laughs) she talks, tells this story about how she's walking down the street with her cane, got a bag of groceries, uh, comes up to an intersection, does the appropriate thing, and steps into the crosswalk. And a guy a guy in the truck slams on his brakes uh, and yells out the window, lady, are you so blind you can't see my big red truck? It happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens. Just wave the cane at him, go, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. As a matter uh-huh. of fact, 
Heidi. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Life, life, you better find some humor in it because, you know, you got to balance out the old scale between the rough times and the tough times. With yes. Something. And yes. I think that's humor. And the, yes. well, the less we take ourselves, you know, hold ourselves in the uh, holier than thou kind of political correctness, I think the better. Yeah, Paul? Yep, I, I agree. So thank you very much for calling in. And and uh, when we get to the political correctness element, if you want to join in, please feel free to to uh, Call back. raise your hand again, and, and we'll be glad to, okay, I, there to is hear a, from you then. There is a comic yep. that I I'm I'm gonna I might have to uh, do it in the in the um, what do you call it the box here? Uh huh. Uh, the chat. Yeah. The chat. The chat box. Yes. He's very politically incorrect, and he's very, very funny, and he's clean, and he's just, I really like him. But I can't remember his name off the top of my head. I have to look it up while you put me on mute. Very good. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect start for the show tonight. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Mr. Herbie, do we have someone else? Oh, we do. I kid you not. Next is area code 808 ending in 070. Go ahead and unmute. 808, ending in 070. I don't even know where the 808 area code is. Hawaii. That is Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> so that was stupid, too. So, Speaking of stupid. Sounds like, sounds like Arthur Godfrey. Yeah, do it I does. How mute, are you? Do, I, do I need to mute anybody over there? You, I don't, you, I don't think you can do that. Side. You can try. No, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? All I can say is aloha, oi. Okay. Right. I guess we're, guess we're going to have to go on to the next person, yep. Mr. Herb. We are. All right. Hello. Oh, there you are. Oh, there he is. Hello. Sorry. I, there. A, I have a lot of background noise. I was on a pair of transit. My pair of transit right just pulled up. I was sitting in a quiet spot before. But um, because of me doing stand-up comedy for so long, uh, we do a comedy show here at uh, the one of the hotels in Waikiki, and we used to be at another one at, in Waikiki called Princess Kailani. But we've been under contract doing the comedy show for Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, every week. For ten years until the pandemic hit, and nice. I also started. I also started doing uh, comedy in uh, nineteen ninety one in L A. So the lady that first came on and said she does it for fun. <laughs> I wish I could look back on those days when we were just doing open mics and it was a lot of fun. But doing it this way and having two nights a week that you have to get up and do comedy. For over 10 years and then get up in the morning and go to work, it, it becomes a job. And then when you get in and you get up on stage, everything goes away because huh? then it's great. And I think it's a great icebreaker um, because I'll give you a good example. Some people in the audience, if you met them on the street, they wouldn't never speak to you and know how to talk to you because people seem to feel that they don't know how to talk to blind people. And some of these people in the audience will probably be 
those people that walk by you on the street. But after the show, people are coming up to you. They can't wait to talk to you at that point. So I think it's a, a great icebreaker. I think it's a great way to show the public that uh, we are just like anybody else. It's a great way to show the public that we are not sensitive about this. You can talk about this. I can talk about this. We can talk about this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, by the time I'm done with my act, I, I've had people come to me and say, you know, I didn't know it was going to be a blind comic on the show tonight, and I didn't know if I should laugh. Well, you're in a comedy club. <laughs> you got a comedy <laughs> show. And she said, well, I, you know, because they're afraid to laugh at a stereotype or a quote-unquote mm-hmm. perceived stereotype. And, but after the show, that all of that has gone away. Mm-hmm. All of that has gone away. And, um, you know, I'm the only blind comic on the bill. It's, it's three of us. And being there is a resort hotel in Waikiki. And I sit out back, so I get to talk to tourists before and after. And we were there 10 years at that place. And I tell you, I see people, the tourists that come back on vacation uh, every year, every other year. And the first thing they come, they check the comedy club to come back to see the show again. And they ask me, are you still performing again? I get people ask me every day now in the handy van, the drivers, are you guys started the comedy club back again? The lady up at work every, almost every day because they can't wait to come back. So it's absolutely a great thing to do. Um, and, and you can, you, you can do the blind jokes in such a way that it's about you and about yourself. And it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like a joke, like, the guy took the guy's dog's tail and swung him around, and he was just taking yep. a look around. Well, no, it's not done that way. It's done in, like, a person says, like a self-deprecating way. And it's done on your life and uh-huh. uh, things that, that happen to you. And it happens to you kind of as a blind person, but kind of just like it would happen to anybody. And so- uh, I think... I think what really got me, you know, helped me grow is I toured with the USO for a year and a half. Nice. And I was doing colleges across the country. So I've been doing it. I came out here, I moved to uh, Hawaii in June 12th of 07. And I heard about the comedy club, which is what I look for wherever I go. And they had an open mic, went to see the show, the show you know, to see what they do here. Because coming from L.A., you can say anything you want. So I wanted to see what the lay of the land was here. And after the show, my wife's son was with me. He told her I was a comic. She came up. She checked my resume verbally to see where I've been, what I've done. So she came back. to come back next week in audition. I came back and won the contest that they had. And then she said, come back next week. So I came back the next week, won the contest again, came back the third time, and she's been paying me every since. And that was nice. a month and a half after I, that was a month and a half after I moved on the island. And she just, after that, she wrote me into the contract as one of the resident comics here. And I've been with them, working for them 
for the past 15 years, basically. And I, I think it's great. Think it's great. I think it, yeah, even I, I, yourself, you, you, you can get to the club feeling bad. And once you get up on stage, you know, all of that has to be put aside and you have to do your job. I think it's good therapy for the comics, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you say there are th- three of you who are a part of the show. Are all three of you guys who do it blind or, or just you? No, 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 no. Just me. Got it. I have never, since I started doing comedy in 1991 in L.A. and all mm-hmm. over, I have never been on the same bill with another blind comic. Mm-hmm. Ne- never. I'm always I'm always a lone blind comic performing, mm-hmm. which is okay with me. And the lady earlier said that she went up after somebody that was really bad, just not funny. And uh-huh. she said that was the hardest thing she did. Now, when I was first starting, that's what I thought too. But after being into it for a long time, you actually want to go up behind somebody that's really, really good. And it really has the audience laughing and rolling because that makes your job easier when you come up there already in the mood. If you go up behind somebody that's really, really bad, now you have to dig out of a hole. It's, it's actually better to have the whole room all warmed up and ready to go. So that's, uh, that's what we do. We, we had a three comics on that show and we work very well together, fit very well together. And I love it. That's totally Excellent. Lovely. So, so could why you not tell us a blind joke or two? Um, I'm really not supposed to from what the contract is, but one that people laugh at. Oh, you know, you told one of my jokes earlier about the slack and the guy does leash. I've been doing yeah. that yeah. For, since 1993 or something. And mm-hmm. people, you know, uh, repeat my joke. But anyway, mm-hmm. the one joke, and this was given to me by a sighted person. And this is what's funny because people try and give you jokes that you can use, but you can't. But this joke was to me, and I use it and I always get a good laugh. And she was a sighted person that I work with. And she said, What is the worst thing you can do to a blind person? I don't know what it. Leave the plunger in the toilet. Yep. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> yep. One of the things I did yeah, for the show was... tonight was I did Google blind jokes. And that's one of the ones that came up along with the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guide dog leash business and, and the like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And no, I'm not offended by that because. Quite honestly, the the sighted person can easily put themselves in the same position. <laughs> yeah, yes. in the same yes. position, right? Uh, yeah, because anything that causes them to to cringe or or feel empathy for that moment, right? Uh, right, it's, it's part of the shtick. Part of the shtick. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'm going to tell another blind. You... Go ahead. I was going to say, I'll tell tell you one other blind joke that just came to mind here. Uh, Somebody comes up to you and waves their hand in front of your face saying, how many fingers am I holding up? And I'll just answer it in a random, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever. And 
Then I said, okay, my turn. And I hold up just my middle finger. And I say, so <laughs> how many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> End of joke. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I sat by you, Brian, in 1999 at the convention in Los Angeles down by the airport. Nice. I sat by you at at the head table, and I was the speaker that night. So I really didn't do, like, my regular comedy act. I just did part of it and part not. But I, I had the pleasure of sitting at the head table beside you. Well, yeah, I, I and, and I was that. I now was there too. I remember. It, yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're on paratransit as we speak. I just got off. There you go. I thought like I, I heard said, the driver in the background. I called earlier and uh, tried to get in when I was in the quiet. But, but I, I'm very sorry about all the noise. Oh, no, that, that's fine. You did that's fine. fine. Well, My thank friend, you very I much. So much appreciate I, you calling. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Definitely. You have a good evening. Great topic. Excellent. Bye thank now. you. Mr. Herbie. Yes. Do we have anybody else? Yes. As a matter of fact, we do. And, um, she will take us on a starry, starry night, I have no doubt, because she is Starry Williams. There you go. Hello again. Hello. Uh, Hello. Not a blind comic or a comic at all. <laughs> that doesn't mean you can't tell funny jokes. Well, this is true. Um, but for me, humor has been a struggle because I used to be super, super angry all the time. So I had to really learn the truth of laughter is the best medicine because uh, I lost my sight at that period where teenagers are learning to drive. So I was just about to turn 17 and I was really kind of peeved that I'd never get to drive. So I had to learn that humor was really amazing for dealing with this trauma mm-hmm. to me. And so I call them blind moments those moments where something goes wrong and you hurt yourself or you trip over something. I call them blind moments. And I had one, I think it was yesterday. I was on the phone while I was shopping at uh, the local Dollar Tree right across. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to one of my totally blind friends and I tripped over this stack of boxes in the aisle. Oh no. as I'm falling, I'm like, Whoa! but I didn't actually fall because I myself. She says, oh, my, that sounded like it hurt. I said, actually, it didn't. I'm more concerned about the boxes. <laughs> there you go. That's that extra sense that helps a person in tough moments, right? Be able to find the humor in something. I think that's that's a real survival technique. And so when you were angry, did you find did you find people who told jokes about blind people pretty annoying? Yeah, yeah, I did. But that was because I didn't like being a blind person. That was a personal Uh thing. I couldn't 
determine whether or not I was offended as a blind person or if I thought they were funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's interesting. Um, but you're comfortable now essentially making making the joke kind of on you and using humor to kind of help yourself get through life every day. Absolutely. Most definitely. I don't think I actually could get through it without the humor because back when I was like, all humor is evil, girl. Life <laughs> was a huge struggle. And then when I started just serendipitously laughing instead of crying, oh, I spilled something or I lost something. Oh, I just I absolutely hated it when I lost something because every time I sit something down, if it leaves my hand, I will forget it's there. So I'll walk away, take a bus or whatever. And I'll remember I have that thing and I left it. So I I cry. But when I started laughing and being like, oh, well, these things happen. That's when life started to get better. When I incorporate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I, it's really I interesting. It's hugely valuable. Yep. And that yep. doesn't mean that you end up crossing the river and now you're all happy and, and whatever. They're still going to be like you called the blind moments uh, where you feel frustrated as a result of your blindness or angry as a result of something that's happened to you that you attribute to being a blind person. If I only had sight, that wouldn't have happened, that kind of thing. I I don't think anybody ever gets 100% over that. But they tend to involve other people, like something happened with another person that wouldn't have happened if I had sight. And uh, so we, I take this um, public transit version of Uber. And uh-huh. so oftentimes I get left because they can't find me for whatever reason. There I am uh-huh. standing out there in plain view and they can't find me. So the app will say, oh, well, it looks like we missed you. I'll get frustrated with that because I'm trying to go somewhere. And this would not have happened if I could drive a car. Oh, I hear that. But I hear that. Oh, yeah. There are lots of frustrations. Yep. Yep. Like I said, you know, you can either spend your day feeling bad or you can say that happened in my past, maybe only a minute ago, but it's now my past and I can't change the past. I'm going to move forward uh, with the future. Otherwise, it's got to be an awfully miserable life, Uh, you know, accumulating Mm -hmm. bad things. Uh, in the scheme of things. Got to leaven it a little bit, I think. And thanks very much for your call and for your... That's really bad. Don't accumulate the bad moments, accumulate the funny ones. That's right. You got it. And there are plenty of them out there to be had. Thank you for calling. We really appreciate you taking time to call in with us this evening. Mr. Herbie. Yes. Next is Deanna. Aha, Ms. Noriega. I'm hoping. Blind Hi. Indian humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to be a you have to have the sense of humor if you're Native American and blind and female. There are just yep. too many <laughs> intersections that get ridiculous. Um sometimes though. You give it your best shot and it falls flat. I remember mm-hmm. once I went to 
My husband was being inducted into the Elks Lodge, so he had to go off with the men, and I don't know what wear antlers and run around and make noises. I'm not sure. But it left me alone with a bunch of women that I'd never met before. And they said, well, we have to go downstairs. And I said, okay. And I had brought my cane. And um, so I unfolded it and stood up. And the, and the, the gals, do you need some assistance? And I said, well, I've never been here before. So sure, that would be helpful. And she, and so I, I reached forward and took her elbow and I said, okay, this is how we do it. As sighted guide, you walk and I can feel whether you step up or down or whether you're moving to right or left. And I'll use my cane in my right hand to give me clearance because sometimes people forget to make enough room for me to get around things. And it'll all work out. And so we come to the stairs and, and she says, here's the top step. And I said, oh, no, you don't have to tell me. Just go ahead and, and start down. This allows me, if you trip and fall down the stairs, I can let go and grab the rail. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so she didn't laugh. I mean, she was so nervous. She was, going, you know, oh, you know, oh, oh that's how it works. <laughs> so. You do it, you give it your best shot to try to pe put people at ease. And that's when I use humor is to try to lighten the mood because they get so overwhelmed. Like walking into my physical therapist's office and mm -hmm. um, you're this big lobby and you know there's furniture and people sitting around and there's not a sound in the room so i came to the door i stopped and with my cane in hand i said okay now these are the rules i can't tell where you are and if you just stand there and freak out because i'm walking towards you with my cane i'm going to treat you like a piece of furniture and whack your ankle so say good morning <laughs> say anything <laughs> so i can know where you are you know <laughs> and then i won't whack you you know, because I, 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 I know how that feels because I've often done similar things going into a doctor's office by myself. But I, I will generally handle it by saying, "So, we we have a decision to make here. Um, which of you is going to have me sit in your lap?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then I've 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 done that same thing, Paul. I hadn't heard anybody <laughs> else do that. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> but it works. I've it actually, does. I've actually had it happen. And oh, it sure. Was not, it wasn't my fault. It was my first guide dog. Um, I had taught her to go into a classroom and crawl under a chair to show me where it was. So she does this. She crawls into the chair. I turn around and sit down on the guy's lap and I jump up <laughs> immediately and I turn around and say, I'm sorry. I've been working on this with my dog to find me an chair but i think she thinks my social life needs improvement <laughs> <laughs> so that's all, all i could do to cover my embarrassment was to make a joke of it because right. you know what else can you do so it's, it's it's interesting you know one of the things that's coming that that's becoming really clear is we as blind people use humor all the time in in order to accomplish um a better communication with people who aren't blind. Yeah. Or sometimes, like Starry, um, I'll do internal snarks to make myself laugh. Mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah. because you don't want to say the really rude thing to some little old lady who is trying to be helpful, but is extremely unhelpful. <laughs> you know, so you so you you just snark at and go, um, you know, like the person that walked up to me when I was out with my children and said to to me, um, oh, I bet she's such a big help. And I'm, I'm you know, working a guide dog on my left, holding a two-year-old by the hand. And then you're going, yeah, how do you think she got to be two years old if I were the one in charge? Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but you can't say that to the little old lady. <laughs> All you can no. do is, is, you know, sort of smile and say, um, and, sure, and she's, she's a big help. Like the time she decided to redecorate her room with, with all of the disposable diapers, I bought a, a big bag of them because we were moving mm-hmm. and I w- wouldn't have them set up right away. So she took them and stuck them all around her room by the sticky tape so then they wouldn't stick. <laughs> I know that story. <laughs> so, you know, there's all kinds of things that just... You know, what can you say to someone like that? Because they won't and, get it. That- and it's amazing how insensitive sighted people can be. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it, it really is amazing. I very often if we're if we're if any of us are out with a sighted person, that they will say something like, Wow, you are really amazing to be so kind to that blind person. Oh it happened God with my husband and you. I. Yep. My husband and I, this woman in an elevator, um, was talking to my mother-in-law, and she asked, which of these two young people are yours? Because we both had said something to her and addressed her as mom, and we obviously don't look alike. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, my mother-in-law sweetly said, oh, oh, this is my son, and this is his wife. And the woman says, oh, isn't he wonderful to have married her? Exactly. Yeah, and Kurt goes rigid. I can feel him getting stiff, and his mother just sweet, sweetly says back, "Not particularly. He happened to be in love with her." <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you get people that that do get it, but when they don't, there's no point in trying to to clarify things for them because they just don't get it at all. And it's fascinating that. That um, that his mom was prepared to say something like that because most of the time people just let it slide off their back like water off a duck. Yeah, or pretend they didn't hear it. Or yep. Um, yep. But I was very lucky. Um, the first time I went to visit his parents over Easter, um, I stayed with his sister in her room, mm-hmm. and we were in the. Uh, his sister and I were washing the dishes and just clowning around. Around or similar mm-hmm. ages, she was in college too, and so we were making fun of our professors and stuff mm-hmm. you know, that had happened at college. And his mother came in to the kitchen and she put her arms around my waist from behind and said, "Please marry my son. He's too serious. He needs someone to teach him to laugh." Nice. <laughs> there you go. So you know, she got it right from the start who I was, and that. It's refreshing when you get a person who looks beyond the obvious thing that I can't see and sees that I'm, you know, a person that she'd like to have her son marry. <laughs> so, Deanna, what do you think about um, political correctness and, and 
blind humor. Do you think it's it's okay to be politically incorrect? I've never really been embarrassed about my blindness. I mean, it happened when right. I was a kid. It's part of who I am. No different than my height or the shape of my hand or anything else. Right. It's just it's just there. So mm-hmm. political correctness when people want to call me visually impaired um feels dumb because nope, I'm blind. <laughs> yep, got that. And nope. I don't have any things about saying um you know when somebody says see you later you know it doesn't I don't have to I've seen blind people that will st- you know, try to give you directions to their house, for example, and say, well, it's the third house. When you turn the corner, it's the third house on the left. It's green. Of course, I can't see it, but they tell me it's green. And I'm going, <laughs> you know, get over you, it. Yeah, you know what color your house is, for heaven's sake. Yep. Yep. Unless somebody well, came and, and painted point. it just to give you, a, a, to prank you. There <laughs> you go. There you go. One of the things that I find really interesting is the different interaction with neighbors who you've lived by for a number of years and their willingness to be a little more uh, free-flowing in the back-and-forth humor about things than um, people who have no connection with you. Right, they have some. They're not your best buddies by any means, uh, and they have some misconceptions. Uh, you know, when you live with a sighted person, there's an assumption that the sighted person is putting more into that household than the blind person is. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're so lucky to have him or her, mm-hmm. whatever. But there's also this opportunity to oh i don't know let's see what would be an example um when i rebuilt my deck on the back of my house it's up eight feet from the concrete deck around the pool so i put in a new deck surface on and i rough cut the boards um, and nailed them down and then put another board at right angles to them to run my circular saw down the length of them so that they'd all be exactly the right length. Does that make sense? Yeah. But I got a call from a neighbor saying, we don't mind you doing what you're doing, but it would sure make us feel better if you turn a light off. Yeah, you know, and, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have a friend who's blind that used to garden in the dark because it was, it was too hot in the daytime to be out there weeding. Yeah. So he would weed at night. Uh, and, you know, I try not to pay workmen until I inspect their work. Mm-hmm. So I had my house re roofed. And so when the roofer was done and wanting the second half of his payment, I put a ladder up against the house in the back. And went up and walked the roof line, right? I'm mm-hmm. looking to see where the flashing is and mm-hmm. that all those places that could leak in a roof were mm-hmm. properly done. Mm-hmm. And by the time I was done, all the neighbors were gathered in front of the house, watching <laughs> up and watching their blind neighbor walk around. I get, get this call. Brian, 
You know you're on the roof, don't you? <laughs> really? <laughs> How'd I get here? <laughs> yeah, you know, it, I took it, a it, left in Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, you have to just laugh because what else can you do? <laughs> yep. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, you know, some of it is stereotypic, of course. You know, mm-hmm. you only, if you've never met a blind person, how else are you going to know about what a blind person is or oh, isn't? Yeah. Yep. My, my next door neighbor was actually, when first year or two we lived here, um, he would actually call out to his friends that were getting in and out of cars and stuff when I would run out the door down the driveway and go to the mailbox without my guide dog or a cane you know, because it's mm-hmm. like you know doing something in your house you know the distances and you know the changes in elevation and what's right. what so you don't really need to take a cane for something like that that you've done hundreds of times and he would say do you know she's blind and they go oh no you know <laughs> and uh yeah. so um I was taking a package over to my neighbor, and um, so I, you know, knocked on her door. She came, she took the package, and I said, they delivered this to me by mistake. And she said, oh, thanks. And I said, well, see you. And she said, you know, Gary still thinks that you can see some. And I said, (laughs) actually, um, Tracy, I have two prosthetics, and they're plastic, and they don't see a damn thing. <laughs> exactly. Said, you know, if, if you want, I'll come take them out for him someday. Because <laughs> <laughs> what can you do when people are going to make assumptions and not ask? You know, because I don't mind answering questions. I, unless I they're, they're so rude that, that, that all you can do is, is be snarky had a situation four or five years ago where one of my prosthetics um, had had somehow outgrown my eye socket. And so it was constantly falling out. And it would, it would, it would usually pick just absolutely the worst time to fall out. So like, just as you're in the process of getting onto a plane and there are all kinds of passengers there, your, your eye falls out and you've got to go crawling. <laughs> on the floor of the plane um, to look for your eye. And I was traveling with a friend of mine um, who I'll remain nameless. And, and he, he was amazing because whenever this would happen, he would generally be a few seats away just laughing his head off. It was the funniest thing in the world. While well, everybody else is saying, oh, my God, there's an eye on the ground. Oh, my God. Uh huh. Well, well, you know, and you know your true friends because they do, they're comfortable enough to prank you. Yep. Exactly. I was at a a party that was being held for two of us that had had a a baby, you know, a few days apart. So, you know, our friends got together and threw this baby shower for us. And so we're there, and my best friend there who was actually in the, the, my, the delivery room watching my daughter get born. Nice. She, um, she hands me the other lady's baby. And, <laughs> nice. And so I just, I just uh, you know, put him up on my shoulder and I said, um, 
so where's mine? (laughs) (laughs) And some other woman was standing there going, I can't believe you did that. And I said, it's not a problem. He's completely different than my baby. He holds himself differently. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, he was a little solid lump just lying there Mm -hmm. in the curve of my arm. My daughter was so wiggly and active that you almost felt like she was trying to jump off and, you know, Mm -hmm. launch launch herself. Mm -hmm. Because she was so alert and full of, you know, interest in everything around her. Um, you know, um, there are some of those things that, like I said, pranks, cool. Pranks can get cruel as well mm-hmm. as being cool, right? It's a, mm-hmm. Part of it is timing and part of it is uh, the intent of the perpetrator mm-hmm. uh, on things. Uh, but there are, there are so many better, or so many good things that outnumber the bad things, uh, yeah. Over time, right? Uh, I was um, sent over to Greece to do some work at a couple of different institutions there. It was time for me to uh, come home. And I'm working my guide dog, Wesley, at the time and going down the concourse toward our gate when this guy steps in front of us and goes, No dog, dog in crate. It's a lousy Greek accent, but it's the best I can do. <laughs> and I said, you don't understand. I'm, uh, this is a guide dog, and I've got this letter from the Secretary of Transportation here in Greece. He goes, neither right. No, dog in a crate. And I go, wait a minute, wait a minute. You just don't understand. I'm going to be late for my flight. Uh, and this lady walking the other direction says, sir, you should know he's carrying a machine gun. Because <laughs> In in uh, lots of countries, they're very serious about their security uh-huh. on things yeah. like that. Yeah. So I got I had to go back to the counter, let explain to them what's going on, pass over my passport to them. They were going to work it out. They brought me behind the counter, out a back door, down some concrete steps. You know, felt like you were walking into a dungeon. Then out a side door onto the tarmac, and the said, now, you're going to get in this van, and the van's going to drive you out to the plane before it comes up to the gate. Everything will be fine. So I get in the van, and my Greek is not very good, okay? When I say, it sounds like Greek to me, it means I don't understand a word of it. And everybody in this van were speaking Greek, and only Greek. Get out to the gate, follow everybody else out and up the stairs, into the plane, sit down, and The person that came in and sat down next to me uh, was quiet at first. We pulled the plane up to the the gate and getting ready for things. And the guy says, you should have seen the look of the passengers in the boarding area looking through the window at their plane and saw a blind man get out of the van labeled pilots. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, you just, there's just some things that, that um, are priceless because <laughs> um, I remember being in a music for appreciation class in my freshman year, and it was in the small theater with 150 seating theater style with a stage at the bottom, and it was mm-hmm. in the interior of the building, so exterior windows. So we had a power outage, and 
Curtis was in the class with me and he leans over and whispers, I can't see anything but the glow of the professor's pipe down at the bottom on the stage. <laughs> and so he yells up, with the little wood nymphs, please take her dog and go to the exit and open the door so the rest of us can see how to get out of here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. The little wood nymphs. That's that's a very <laughs> cool description of you. I like Well, that. I had very long hair back then. Yep. And yep. so um and was always pint-sized um yep. when I was a young girl. So mm-hmm. you know, it was just silly. Um Well, I think but, you're still pretty tiny. I'm I'm getting shorter, which is really frustrating. I've um I'm not <laughs> I'm five one now. Um, but unfortunately, when you shrink and you, you know, the weight spreads sideways more. So it, it does. <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm working on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's only so much you can do without your metabolism slows down so darn much. Miss Gianna, thank you for your call. Have a great one. We week. really appreciate yep. it. Love yep. you being part of our family here. Talk to you later. Mr. Herbie. Yes, indeed. We do actually have a couple more people here. And uh, Deborah Kendrick, you are up next. And there she is. Didn't I see your name on an agenda of a local affiliate here lately talking about being an author? I'm sure I read that somewhere. You might have. Yeah. I mean, in the past two days. Yeah, I missed Hello, it. Deborah. We're waiting for Deborah Kendrick to unmute. Suspense. You know, unmute is an interesting word. You it know, is. It, it had no real reality to it. I've never, I've never heard of undeafing. Yeah. Yeah. Or, well, or even unblinding. I gave Kim a bad time for, for some time in our early marriage because she constantly said, did you remember to take the the meat out of the freezer so it could unthaw? Yep. I said, no, what is an unthaw? <laughs> so unmute. We put it back in the freezer to unthaw. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I taught her the word defrost. <laughs> but so mute. we'll give Miss Kendrick thing. another five or ten seconds, and if she doesn't materialize, we will go on to someone else, Mr. Herbie. It's too bad because it would have been interesting to see what what Miss Kendrick thinks of political correctness, but we shall see. We'll probably catch up with her later. Who is next, Mr. Herbie? Oh, I'm still here. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> well, in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about political correctness. How would you define political correctness, Brian? Being able to speak in a way that can't possibly offend anyone. And why is it called political correctness, do you suppose? 
I think it began in the political arena where yeah. your your maybe uh, your whatever you say gets repeated over and over and over again. Uh, and if some subgroup is offended by that, then that gets the label that was politically incorrect. Um, so we went through this period where the term had been invented, but where people seemed to be inclined to, to actually publish books and articles and jokes that were intentionally politically incorrect. I mean, there are a couple of books in, in, the, in the Bard list like politically incorrect Christmas, where where there are there are all kinds of uh, inappropriate discussions that that occur about Christmas. Um, so, but but it seems to have become a, a more serious issue nowadays. Um, how does how does it relate to blindness? What is politically incorrect about blindness? Do you suppose? I, I like Deanne was talking about Deanna was talking about just a moment ago that is um, trying to avoid the word blind. Yeah. Right? Um, so, you know, hard of seeing. Or people well, who are people who are people is who another are. example. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much do we care about that? Pe- the people who are or. Oh, the or, people. The people first language scenario. Yep. Yeah, I yep. mean that's that's so, part of political correctness, don't you think? Oh, certainly it is. Certainly it is. Created by the disability community itself. I, I, yeah, uh, well, I, I think so. Um, though, oh, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. If if it wasn't invented by them, I, boy, it's pro- it's promoted. I don't think it was, I don't know that it was created by blind people, though. I think the disability community is right. Yes. So, so, um, I find it, uh, I try to use people first language generally. It are, they are people who are blind, not the blind or blind people. But if you're writing more than two paragraphs on the subject of people who are blind, blind people, but blind, if you always use the same phrase, people who are blind or have low vision, that's the, that's the currently most politically correct phrase uh, used in writing. used to be people uh, with vision loss right mm-hmm. and now we don't talk about it that way or, or we talk low vision uh, because people who had some vision didn't want to have people think of them as visually deficient in some fashion uh, but but again the pre- people first part plays part in it but when i'm writing i will not use that same phrase over and over again it makes for very stilted reading to do that. So I mix it up without apology. I mix it up. So you mix it up and say the blind, or do you say? Well, it depends on, on the sentence, but I can say uh, 
the blindness community. Uh, uh, I can say, I feel just as comfortable saying uh, low vision as vision loss. I, I'm sensitive to other people's feelings, but I think that there's times when you got to be careful. I was part of a group, uh, did some consulting for a group called the National Christina Foundation. And they did a contest one year to try to come up with a term for people with disabilities that could supplant the terms people were using at the time. And they came up with otherwise enabled. That was the result of a two-year campaign, otherwise enabled. They're not people with disabilities. They're people who are otherwise enabled. I just hated it and uh, cut my relations with that particular group. Well, it was uh, political uh, correctness way over the top. One, another phrase that became very popular for a while is differently enabled. Yep. Um, and and I just... I just find that bending over backwards to try to avoid that but, dirty word. But clearly disabled. But handicapped is, versus disabled. Well, but clearly disabled ain't fun and handicapped ain't fun. I mean, neither of them are fun. So, uh, so clearly it would be nice if there was another term. Uh, uh, and, and what I tend to say when people ask me about that is, Describe what the individual's situation is. So if you're talking about the whole community, talk about uh, a community of people um, who perhaps have disabilities. I, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with that than I am with disabled people. Right. You, do you say blonde people or do you say people who are blonde? I uh, say blonde people. I mean, but I, I, I mean, I or dumb blondes. But you know, I mean, I, to be, you know, I, I'm politically pretty incorrect as, as where brunettes or blondes are concerned. I, I regard that as a noun. <laughs> I see. So, but when you think about terms to describe those who, as a result of some form of um, feature that is dramatically out of the ordinary in a world of sighted people, blind people qualify. In yep. a world of hearing people, deaf people qualify yep. as being enough out of the norm yep. in terms of there's uh, their physical existence, if you will, um, is not being able to see a deficit. Uh, I have to say it is. Yeah, I, I, I think it is. Um, is and, not being able but, to but, hear, but is a not being is not being able to see. Also. An advantage depends on the circumstances you find yourself in. Right. If but you it, but... are like our president of ACB, Dan, and his wife, Leslie, living as a 
totally blind couple uh, when they brought in their, um, well, it's Dan's mother moved in with them because of the uh, hurricane and mm-hmm. uh, cited sibling came by because Dan and Leslie don't turn on and off lights. They're always in an off position. Mm-hmm. So they didn't realize when this sighted mother uh, unexpectedly came to live with them for a short time that half the light bulbs in the house were blown out, right? They uh-huh. simply weren't working. So they went all over the house to, to replace them. But for them, blindness was an advantage because one, they were expending less electricity and were less dependent on the availability of electricity. Yeah, I mean, that was certainly true around. for me when I when I lived on my own. Yep. Yeah. So there but, are but, advantages. But, but I think blindness, I, I think people who are blind or have low vision have not only advantages in terms of what they can do in the dark, but they also have advantages in, in terms of, I, I think, often what they're, what they're, their attitude towards life in general is um so that's why that's why i don't like the notion that of blindness being described as a disability even though it clearly is a deficit or it certainly is different from being um from being um not blind yeah, well, and and again, you're we're talking here again about this whole political correctness business. Uh, today, so, I went out to buy something, and next to the counter where I was going to buy this thing was a life-size cutout of um, oh god, which basketball player was it? Uh, anyway, it's a famous basketball player, and he was huge. Larry Bird, let's say. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I had to reach on tippy toe. I'm six feet tall. I had to reach on tippy toe to touch the top of the head of this cutout. And in a world of six foot tall people, that's a form of, it's not a, I, I guess I'd call it a deficit. If you're going through the, you know, if you live out in nature, it wouldn't be. But if you're living indoors in public spaces, which would all be built for the average height, you know, with that in mind, it's a deficit. It, it which which is which is most insulting, little person or dwarf? Or um, little person, dwarf, or midget? Word. Midget, that's it. Because there's a difference between midget and dwarf. Yep. Uh, but the answer is if the community, if a community of like people, one armed people, people who have their left ear backwards, whatever it might be, if they collectively, those who have voiced an opinion, would prefer one term over another. I'm perfectly happy to adapt, adopt that term for them. So people who are ver- through, people who are very gone through challenged. lots of words for black people <laughs> over the years, right? Yep, yep. So politically Pe- correct has changed over time. 
Sure. People who are vertically challenged. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, when I think about some of the absolute craziness, you know, we no longer have garbage men who pick up the garbage. They are now sanitary engineers. Uh, I, does, I can that, see why does that the word suggest housewife, does that suggest that people who drive trains don't take baths? <laughs> Sorry, I had to replay the words in my mind to catch up with you there. Uh, and before we get things what? too dirty here, I did want to mention that we have about half an hour and seven raised hands, just so you know what we're up Ooh, against. Oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Very good. Let we can talk to more can, of the lovely fandom. We can take a hand or two. All right. You can take a hint or a hand. Oh, oh sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Tony, you can talk. Tony? Okay, can you hear us? Yeah, yeah we can do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, hello, Paul. And hello, everybody. It's DJ. Hey, DJ. Yes, How sir. are you? I'm doing great. Not in uh, Honolulu, but I'm doing great. That's- anyway, a <laughs> uh, couple of things of note. You know, like, you know, when you're talking about uh, the way words or phrases are formed, I have this thing, and I, I, I don't know. I was thinking about it last night, and I'm like, I don't know when I started saying the expression, let me see, said the blind man. I just uh-huh. don't know when I started coming up with that. But I, And I remember one day at work while I was uh, uh, taking someone's order for them, I went to uh, look up an address. I said, well, Hold on for a minute. Let me see, said the blind man. And uh, the lady Uh on the phone, she got highly upset. Mind you, this is a sighted person. And she's going, how dare you insult blind people like that? Don't you know that's offensive? And she got on and on and on. So I let her keep talking. And once she took a breath and I got a word word in edgewise, I said, "Uh, excuse me, honey, but you're talking to a blind person. And there is no shame <laughs> in my game. That's why I said, let me see, said the blind man. And also, uh, one of my co-workers who is no longer with us now, whenever I would come to work, he would always say, hey, Dougie, watch out for the floor. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> right. And so now there's times when I come to work and I may hit something and I'll say, who put the damn floor in the way? Or darn floor in the way. I forgot who was not here. And, and you know, and, and something like that. So for me, uh, there's, there's, like I said, I'm not ashamed of my blindness because my blindness does not define me. It only is, as uh, Deanna said, and I just mm-hmm. love Deanna, if you ever want to fill in the gap for time. Deanna is the one that you can get because she can fill in the gap. And I love her so very much. Love this community. Uh, but I'm not ashamed of my blindness because it doesn't define me. It just is a part of who I am. Only a part of who I am. Right. It's not the whole, you know. So uh, I'm comfortable in the skin that I'm in, even if it is blind and can't see. So, so uh, are, are you bothered when somebody calls you a blank or 
blindy or the the blind guy or anything like that? No, because I tell him, look, I'm not blind. I just don't see like you do. Got it. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I just handle it. You know, so and, you're like I said, you're I, I, you're differently sighted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm differently sighted. <laughs> Even if I have not a lick of sight, that, you know. And, yeah. and the thing about it is, I've, I've been and, and I was just hearing. I said, you know, wow, it seems unreal that I have been totally blind for 46 years and I'm still a rookie at it. Yep. You know, and you know, so uh, and a lot of people they think that I can see anyway, whether I have my my cane or mm -hmm. not. They think that I can see, and most of my coworkers. And how I know my coworkers or anybody around me that's sighted is comfortable with me. When they say, if I'm looking for an object, and they say, hey, Doug, it's over there. And I will say politely, yeah. me, there is no there over there. Yeah, so exactly. Where is there? And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and my humor is such that it's probably a little corny anyway. So, you know, uh, and I, I, really, I really get my kicks off of making people laugh. Not that I want to do stand-up comedy. Some people may think that I want to, you know, and I'm like, but I don't mm -hmm. want to get an egg or a tomato thrown at me because I can't see the direction it's coming from. Blink. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's like I, you know, um, I'm fine with it. You know, it's, yep. it's just I've learned over the years to cope with it because I got bigger and better fish to fry. So, yep. DJ, thank you so much for your call. We got six other people waiting. So we're, gonna, we're cutting people a little bit short. But thanks, yes, man. Yep, yep. Later, my friend. In the mix. All right, Mary, I can't talk here. Mary Carla Hayes. Hi, hey, Mary you? Carla Hayes. We can. can. We certainly can. I'm enjoying this discussion immensely. Um, I don't have any water, so I can't cook my dinner. My water man broke, so I'm waiting to. Oh, no. I don't know what I'm going to do. I might be going, getting something in. But anyhow, um, I. Um, I um the one thing that really bothers me is when the word blind is not used when it should be. I, I okay, for example, our local um quote unquote association for the blind changed it to to Washington County Biz, uh, Vision Services. Now that has nothing to do. You know, I mean if somebody goes to vision service, what are they going to do? Give me back my vision? I don't think so. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they just go out of their way to say blind and uh, you know, not to say blind. Or to not say blind. Yeah. To not say blind. And, and that, that bothers me. Um, and it bothers me because. Oh, sorry about that. I, it's all good. But anyhow, so um, I don't know what the, what the idea, you know, why we can't, we can't use, we can't, there are visually impaired people and there are people that are blind. So would would you want them to say Washington County Services for the Blind and Visually Impaired? Sure. In fact, yeah, they they got a um, they, they put out a a poll and they polled all of the the people that they served, and that's sort of what we came up with. And then they went and spent thirty five thousand or thirty five hundred dollars to hire some sort of a consultant to come in that said that they should take blind out of their title. And oh, I was livid, and you know, several well, people. There's a lot of here. places that have done that. The yeah. Portland, Maine, the Portland Lighthouse for the Blind changed its name to the Iris Network. What the hell yeah. does that mean? 
Yeah, and then and then, and then vision loss seems to be. The, I thought the, it was a flower thing. shop. Yeah, vision yeah, loss. Was, you know, so, they say um, so, people with vision loss. So what about you? If you didn't have vision to have lost, you were blind all your life. Are they that afraid of that word? That, so, you know I mean? which is better, you two, partially sighted or partially blind? Well, what if you're totally blind? No, but I'm 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 asking which is better, partially sighted or partially blind? Which is which is better? I don't know if there's a better or I think if you were a I would say partially blind, sighted. If you but were I'm a little bit blind, blind you were partially blind, but I don't know. Yeah, I think it's I, 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 I refer to myself as functionally blind. That means that I have to use by definition compensatory ways to do some activities uh, in a way that's ra- you know, radically different than if I wasn't functionally blind. Right. And I don't know. I just, it just bothers me. And then people with yep. vision loss, that seems to be the, the word. Now, some people have vision loss, but some people are born blind. And, you know, I, I just think, I, I don't know, I feel disenfranchised when you're not allowed to say that word anymore. I mean, that's just how I am. Yeah. So people hey, who get a little sight back are people with vision gain. Yeah, no, yeah, that's right. They, they, they're, they're super, hey, that's a good one. I like that. And I and I'm gonna um, get off, but I, I got to tell you the funniest story that happened to me. You know, I teach, uh, I, I, and, I, and I remember the first year I was teaching school it was in a public school. I was teaching French, and I had the student that was chronically late. He kept on coming in. I'll just mm-hmm. call him Jimmy, uh, you know, just for um, to protect the the guilty. Mm-hmm. Well, anyhow, I decided he'd always come three minutes after the bell rang. So I said, "This is it." I had written this note, and I was had it all ready for him to take to the principal's office so he was so all of a sudden three minutes after the bell the door opens and i turned around and i said now jimmy this is going to stop i have prepared a note i want you to march yourself down to the principal's office and you explain to him why you come into this classroom late all the time and you could have heard this a pin drop everything just got real (laughs) quiet and all of a sudden i heard this booming voice of my principal he says i can see that you maintain discipline in here miss hayes (laughs) Uh, Miss Carla, thank you so much, dear. Bye-bye. Mr. Herbie? Yes, indeed. Area code 505, ending in 638. Wow. Anyway, you can talk. Okay. Yes, this is from New Mexico. Yep. Hey, Beth. Yes. Hello. I don't really care for political correctness that much. Um, I think you have to have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I mean, we enjoy life just as much as sighted people do. I think so. When um, we we used to drive, and when you grow up that way, when you grow, I think you adjust better. I think we used to drive those people crazy in, in Albuquerque because my brother would stop by the bus stop and I'd be waiting for the bus and he'd say, hey, blind lady, give me your money. Okay, I knew it was him. I recognized his <laughs> voice and I would say, shut up. And then I'd go walking <laughs> away with him. And I think some of those tourists, would, some of those seniors would be like, oh, what? You know, did she know? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously I did know who, you know. 
what it would be. So, and, Paul, um, do you remember when you were at uh, eating out with uh, Gail and the guy, at the, the lady at the next table said, Mr., do you know she's eating your fries? I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking the sighted woman yep. was stealing the fries off a blind man's plate. And she was absolutely appalled when she discovered that Gail was blind as well. She was a Jewish lady, and she said, "You know, if I if I had known you was blind, I wouldn't have said nothing." Here you go. That's what you go. Well, yeah, Miss Beth, thanks a lot. Thanks for calling in. All right, guys, we are You're approaching the ten minute welcome. mark. Yep. And next up is area code 608 and, and ending in 941. I'm sorry. This is yeah. Peter in Wisconsin. Um, hey, Wisconsin. I, I, I wanted to speak to the, the uh, political correctness. I, I'm, yep. um, I really don't mind being called the blind guy or um, that much of the language, I appreciate the person first language, and, I, and Brian, I think you're right, that the more you write about it, um, the harder it is to to uh, vary the language and make your writing interesting. So, um, some of that stuff, but what drives me nuts is in our um, legislative language and medical language that we get listed as PWDs of being a person with disability and that um, I, I find that uh, in having to read a number of documents lately that um, I find that to be more offensive than almost anything else because um, it deprives uh, uh, people of, of their individual that, that deaf people, blind people, people living in wheelchairs, um, um, uh, cerebral palsy that all all, right. all of us get listed as PWDs, and, and I think that it strips our identity. And so, I find that um, what offensive. Would, what would you What would you call us instead, Peter? Um, well, I I would prefer if you're blind and visually impaired that you get listed as a BVI um, or. Yep. Um, you know, deaf, hearing impaired, those those kinds of um, uh, those kinds of designations, at least to recognize that um, I'm 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 not sure that that uh, in the uh, community of able-bodied people. <laughs> another awful word by the way able-bodied i mean i think yeah, I my know. body is pretty I, able I, I know don't you brian I, I i used it for me well yeah. i i um, think another thing in in what you're talking about here is you know as the uh, human community i'll say you know we we have times in our lives times in our one moment to the next where we need to be to acknowledge ourselves and have others acknowledge us as being like them. And at other times where our value is that we're not like the next person yep. uh, in our lives and, and, and the like. So when you 
try to make a one-size-fits-all term for a group that's as diverse as the disability community is, then you lose some of the value of the individual. So we have to make compromises. I always think about things like the detectable warnings, where we wanted them to save blind people from walking in the streets, but we also needed to make modifications to the original design so the people with who were using wheelchairs to get around can go up and down those ramps without uh, you know a level of difficulty of like rolling across cobbled streets. So right. you know we have to make some compromises, but I don't know that I want to make a compromise in my in my identity to achieve mm-hmm. that. Well, and, and my my issue is that that once you become part of the alphabet, uh, alphabet soup, that everybody loses identity. Then, then yes, it, right. Um, and so this whole designation of I, I understand they they say person persons with disabilities, and then and that but then after that everybody's just PWD. Um, so I. Um, I mean, I find that personally offensive. I think that that uh, there's a a a political um, uh, that that there's a political and medical. I, I think that the PWD started out as a as a medical um, diagnostic oh, tool, yeah. and and probably uh, did. And I think that um, and there are all kinds of problems with that as well. So. Um, you know, so, I, um, so probably uh, uh, what we need to do is 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 p- people who are societally limited. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe, we could, maybe we could be accommodation dependent. Oh, I I don't like that any better. <laughs> Peter, thanks a lot for your call. Thanks We've for got calling, a couple of other friend. people we're going to try to get to. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Okay. So just so you know, two of our hands are repeats. So we're going to get to those that are not first. And yep. next up is area code 615 ending in 941. Uh-huh. Hey, it's it's Carol from Tennessee. Um, Hello, Carol. I'm not too fond of, hey, I'm not too fond of politically correctness. I, and differently able gets able as far as I know is not a verb. So I asked somebody one time, what was I, what would I be doing if, if I went out and able for a while? I've never been able to figure that out. Okay. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't like that usage at all. I've had some interesting experiences. Could be fun to disable yeah, really. I, I, there are some people that would like to disable, but, you know. Um, I've had some interesting experiences because, like Leslie and like you, I, you know, don't put the lights on in the house. And people just say, well, I didn't come by because the lights weren't on. But um, interesting things with power failures. I was at the dentist office, and they had a power failure, and I didn't quite realize it at first. They had numbed me, and I just was waiting around for them to come back. <laughs> Finally, the dentist comes in and says, well, Carol, um, you, you understand we have a problem. And I said, no, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't even see light. We uh, we have a power failure. And I'm like, well, I can operate in the dark. What's your problem? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they just laughed. 
And another time, a, a friend came to visit, and she had just married a blind friend of mine. She was sighted. And we had a thunderstorm, and we had a power failure, and she sort of freaked out. This is the first time I've been in your house. Get me a flashlight. Well, I got the flashlight, and, of course, the batteries were dead. So I had to get in the car with her and drive to a store so that she could buy a flashlight because with three blind people in the house, she was still afraid to manage. And, um, of course, we went and bought the flashlight, came home, the lights came back on, you know. Brian, um, Brian and I were both at a convention in Los Angeles when there was a power failure. <laughs> and um, it was amazing. Um, how uncomfortable people were trying to go downstairs. Um, You know, we ended up, I I think a lot of us, me and Brian and and a bunch of other blind people ended up leading people downstairs in the fire escape. Yeah. I want to say that was the Philadelphia convention, wasn't it? No, it was, I think it was Los Angeles. It was L.A., because my first husband, B.H., went to that. And he said that that he went to the bar, and a bunch of the the bartender just let some blind people get back there and make drinks. They could feel the different shapes of the the bottles, and he didn't care, and they were back there making drinks. And he called me up that night, and he was drunk and laughing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Carol, there was another convention. It was in Phoenix, and I, you may remember this story about B.H. Paul. He yep. thought he'd found the hospitality room of the ACB convention. Yes. Went in there, introduced himself to people, and grabbed some punch and some food, and looked up, and a bride and groom walked in. <laughs> oh, no. All right, thank you, Carol. And up next is Jane Tolino. Hey, Jane. Now in Texas, I think. All right, let's try that. I thought she had permission to talk, but now she does. Can you hear me? We can. Yes, You've got can. about one good, minute, good, good. Jane. I've got one minute. Well, here goes. In the first place, I want to go after DJ or whatever his name was, because when he was telling his story, he said, well, honey, and I think that's as much a problem as any um demeaning term you want to give somebody who's blind. You know, I think that gets so we can talk about sexism next week. We might. (laughs) I think that a great deal of the whole business of political correctness comes from outside of us. I think we use the best language we can for whatever it is. And we always can ask people, how do you prefer to be identified and go with it. And I get and I, just sorry to interrupt, just so you know we're approaching the top of the hour, so I'm not okay, sure. I'm gonna be, okay, and I'm yourself. that's enough for now. So thank you. I for wanted calling. to tell Very you good. all kinds of jokes, but I'll do it some other day. Yes, you will. <laughs> Thanks, Please. Jane. Fair enough. Um Mr. Brian seconds to go. Thirty seconds. I just say keep a smile on your face. There's no other or better way to get through the day. And and I'll just say that so far we haven't decided on a topic for Tuesday topics, but we will tomorrow. So stay tuned until then. And remember that your political correctness is what counts, not anybody else's notion of what's okay. So if you give permission to see yourself in whatever way you want to, it's perfectly okay. And on that note, thanks to everyone who helped us produce 
and good night.